Yo, welcome back to the Satsung Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have the most decorated combat sports athlete of all time, Benson Smooth Henderson. He disagreed with me when I said that. There's a couple guys that he thought uh, that that may have a little more accolades than him, but uh, multiple-time world podium, uh, IBJJF world podium stander, uh, multiple Arizona state titles, All-American wrestler, uh, Taekwondo black belt, Jiu-Jitsu black belt, uh, and, and most notably, he uh, is the only two guy or the only guy to unify two titles, one in both the, the WEC and in the UFC. At the same time, he held titles in, in both organizations, uh, and just a real sweet guy. Um, so heads up, um, you know, his kids are kind of running around at the beginning of the podcast, but it mellows out, so please just bear with us. Um, we're both stay-at-home dads right now, so we're kind of taking turns dealing with kids while we were talking, but uh, stick it out about a quarter of the way through. Uh, it mellows out, but without further ado, the baddest motherfucker ever, Benson Smooth Henderson. All right, Benson Henderson, welcome to the Satsung Podcast, bro. I'm glad we got you. Oh, of course, man. Long, long time happening. Yeah, I finally, finally get on. Thank you, man. Sorry for all the all the hassle. It's all right, dude. I'm I'm stay at home dad right now too. So I I know every day, man. It's someone poops on themselves. Yeah. Or they're just trying to jump off something. Yeah, always something. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time, man. Of course. Um. So so first off, I'm curious. This is what I ask everybody. How did you get? How did you get into fighting? How did that start? One thing crazy um, about you that people that don't follow the sport might not know, you think, I believe you might be the most decorated combat sports athlete of all time. If you take him, jujitsu. I think as far as uh, maybe different disciplines, pretty close. There there are a few other guys who have have, uh, quite a bit of training too. But uh, as far as guys with... uh, the amount of uh, accolades, accomplishments, and then the type of oh, and their type of training. I know Vedum uh, though, like as far as Jiu-Jitsu world, Fabricio is the only guy to ever win ADCC, Worlds, Pan Ams, Europeans. Literally, he's won everything. And then also, oh yeah, by the way, on top of that, come over to MMA after his Jiu-Jitsu career and get the freaking UFC heavyweight title. Oh. Strike for style too, right? Or something like that. So, yep. Yeah, so that, that's pretty. That's pretty accomplished there. Um, but yeah, I was a two-time collegiate All-American, uh, NI, not D1, and then I got my black belt in Taekwondo as well, uh, and then I got my black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. So, how, how, did, how did you decide to do the amount of work there? Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of work. So did you just go right when you were done wrestling in college? Did you just get right into fighting? Yeah, I did, actually. I uh, Pretty much. It was right when uh, Matt Hughes was king of the hill, baddest man on the planet, right, right at that time. Um, and I had graduated in 06. It was, I was in – graduated in May of 06, and then in November of 06, I was coaching at my, uh, at my alma mater. And uh, it was after a hard red flag practice, so really hard, tough, you know, 
kick butt practice. And then uh, all the guys are sitting around giving each other a hard time. Like, oh, how, how would you do? Oh, you would do great inside of cage. He kicks somebody's butt. He, he beat people up. He's mean. Oh, how would uh, how would uh, how would uh, Chris do? Oh, Chris beat somebody up. He, he, he's tough. And he got around with me. I would, I'm not the toughest of persona people, you know. I'm not no Billy Badass, Terry Toughness type of, uh, you know, personality. And they got around to me like, oh, Henderson, oh, you, you, you pussy, you want to do it. Like, you, you want something to decay, you get beat up. I was like, screw you guys. Like, what? <laughs> no, well, I'm tough. Well, I can beat somebody up. What are you talking about? And then uh, talking mess, talking mess, talking mess. About four hours later, I was inside of a cage, and somebody was trying to beat me up. It's like, prove it. You think you're so tough, you think you're so bad, blah, blah. It just kept escalating, escalating, and the next thing you know, I was inside of a cage. And the dude I think had been training for a little while, I it was just a you know, wrestler. And then I uh, took him down. Uh, ugly, like, Aah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> took him down. And he did this on top, a bunch of hammer punches, no technique whatsoever. No, Appa. This is uh, Appa's first first competition in MMA. Appa did that. No, Appa. Can you help me make some coffee? Uh, and then I got my hand raised. I was like, "This is a this is a cool feeling." Okay, okay. You know, I dedicated a lot of my life to martial arts, to training, to wrestling. So I wanted to see if maybe I could uh, make it a career, if I could give it a shot. So I. Was there, was there a moment where you were like, I think a lot of people want to fight. I mean, you know, you know, every single city has, has a show, you know, every yeah. months or something. And I think there's a lot of cats that are like, oh man, I want to do this. Did you have a moment where it was like, oh shit, I, I should and could do this. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, not really. For me, it was always like more of like a test, like sure. to see how good I could do, see if I could, if I could maybe be a professional athlete, to see if I could get, you know, take it seriously, to see if I could, you know, make money doing it, see if I could, you know, oh maybe maybe you can pay some bills doing this. Oh maybe you can have a actually good career. Oh maybe you can make it to the to the big show. Maybe you could. Uh... So for me, it was always that was where I stepped from. It was always more of a challenge, more of a. But now, like, I've been in one street fight my entire life. I, I don't like fighting. I don't like physical altercations. I'm not a very confrontational person in, 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 my, in my, you know, regular life. Uh, so for me, it was, was much more about the competition. I not love about being a, a Terry Tough Nuts, Billy Bass guy. Dude, uh, I love uh, that. Me, just, just about the competition. I, I love to compete. Well, there's... Yeah, there's so many. That's why I've been having so many fighters on the podcast, man. It's because I think a lot of our fans that, that don't follow the sport... <laughs> have have the, this kind of take on fighters that they're this way or that way like you just said and you know i've been training for three years now and try every time we're on tour i mean that's that's how we got connected is because whenever i'm on tour i usually go to a gym to train you know if we have a couple of days off i try to train a couple of times a week on the road which is how i met all the boys in north carolina which is how i yeah so you know and what i found uh the more I get into the sport, it's just real well-adjusted dudes, good parents, good dudes, just family men that just like to compete, you know? And that, that's funny hearing you say that, man, because you have one of the scariest, yeah. the scariest stare-downs of all time. 
So I kind of always just assumed like, no, nah, man, it's <laughs> like, you know, do you have just kind of like a switch that you flip where you're just like, all right, uh, at, at uh, that no. time? No, I, I think that's all just like for show. Like I, I hate the stare downs. I learned the trick though, uh, is just to stare at the guy's ear, the backside ear, whatever the, the camera's on this <laughs> side, you stare at his back ear right there. Don't put the whole eye, looking into their eyes. I always start laughing. I'm like, man, this is so silly. Like, Oh, that's so I'm gonna beat you up. Bounty look tough doing it. Oh, that's look, so cool. You look at the, their ear on the back side, and you just like look at that, like, like kind of like focus on the smaller details, like take, pay, look, look at it. And then that is what gives you the uh, scary eyes. Oh, I love it. That's funny. So, you know, there's the, a lot of yeah. parallels between uh, fighting and music for a living. Oh boy, you got some food on you. Um. Benson has a yeah. That, a I already gave him a bath. <laughs> um, so you know, a big thing with with music and and fighting that I see is w when it turns professional, like you're saying, is that there's this like, oh man, I can pay my bills doing this. Like, oh, you know, I can. I'm a professional at this. You know, is there? What's your like spiritual connection to fighting? Like, do you still have that that deep Spider Man in the house? what's up um do you still have yeah. do you still get that that uh that spiritual thing from from fighting and training uh i, I would say so a little bit i would say it's more from training for me it's more the everyday like the fights themselves you only fight you know early in your career you, you only fight maybe three times a year maybe four times a year yeah later on you heard the See my tougher, tougher fights you get, then you don't fight that that much. Maybe twice a year, maybe you know three times a year. So for me, it's not just the fights themselves. But yeah. It's the everyday living, living, living the lifestyle, doing doing the right things, training the right way, living the right way, and that's my that's my spiritual connection because not my 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 love for God, my my love of training the martial arts, the whole spiritual side of it is not just so. Once every once in a while type of thing. It's an everyday thing. You have to, you know, I love God every day. I I train the martial arts. I live that lifestyle every day, and I think that's the. I think that's the way it should be for me. Anyways, not everyone. Everyone's different. Not everyone can do the same things. But uh, for me, that, for me, that's that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. I got it. Uh, it kind of saved my life, man. I, it was at a time where I had just been like so wrapped up in music and we had toured non nonstop. And it, you know, I think there's something kind of lost in our culture where like once kids get out of school, they forget how to be students. Um, and I think the thing, man, really oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like the, the levels to the martial arts is that it really is just like this bottomless pit. And like you're saying, man, the whole thing, the more I trained, the more I needed my body to be better. So my whole life started revolving around wellness, uh, not just exercise, but recovery. And, and then, you know, I feel like the, yes. big, the biggest thing when you have your, have your, get your blue belt is then you have to start working on your head because you're like, you know, a little bit, but you still get your ass whipped all the time, yep. you know? So then you start doing that, like doing all the mental work. Um, so yeah, man, I, I feel that that's, that's cool that you're this far into it and still in love with the lifestyle. Cause that's, I feel like, yeah, like you're saying, man, that that's it. 
is 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 the the biggest gift that I think this. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for. Uh, Go ahead. I think for uh, like no, I think like MMA, jujitsu, really, you know, the the martial arts lifestyle is still so new to the uh, mainstream America, but people don't realize for the, for martial arts. For jujitsu, for even you know, you talk about traditional uh, taekwondo, uh, karate, kung fu, any 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 of that sort of traditional martial arts. A third son wants to come say hi. No, my second born. You guys haven't seen yet. He wants to come say hi now. Hey, dude. But it's still so new to the uh, American mainstream. It's still such a different thing. People didn't realize. Did you go party? You, uh, did you go pee in the potty? Yeah, go pee pee in the potty. Hey, go pee pee in the potty. I, I got special gum for you, okay? Potty train. How old is he? Okay, I got different gum for you. Two and a half. Yeah, we got a two-year-old that we're trying to potty train right now, too. That's the same thing. We got the toilet treats. Like, come on, bud. Go bust that out and get that yeah. treat. You, 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 know, you know the struggle. You know yep. the struggle. I do. Yeah, it was funny when we were trying to connect last week. Um, I'm I'm really glad that it didn't work, man, because it would have been 15 minutes into the podcast. My son woke up. He usually sleeps two and a half hours. He woke up 45 minutes after yeah. and just had poop all the way up his oh. and down both. Like his siblings couldn't handle it. Oh, <laughs> there there would have been God. no way. There would have been Poor no way. Oh, man. Yeah, so you were just talking about the uh, jujitsu lifestyle being kind of new to to mainstream America. Yeah, I think I think people don't really understand. Like, people can love basketball. Ball is life. Life is ball. Ball is life. People love, uh, you know, international football, soccer. Like, oh, soccer is life. Everything's all about soccer, and then they they live a certain lifestyle to recreational recreationally play soccer, recreationally play basketball. They go play tennis i mean they're pretty good though like yep maybe like you know the recreational players like they're they're not they're not bad they're they're, they're pretty good but they're not to the professional level you know jiu-jitsu uh martial arts is still such a, a new sport new thing you can have guys who are recreational players but they're still some of the best in the world you can have a purple belt who has a full-time job as a real estate agent and he still yep. wins worlds as, as a purple belt yep with a full-time job and then, and then jiu-jitsu is just like a hobby for him you know yep. so i think that uh it's still so new it has so much room to grow and people are realizing oh to 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 be that good you do need to live that lifestyle like so you might have a 40-hour work week but on top of that you're training you know 12 hours a week you're eating right you're doing the extra stuff the re recovery you're, you're icing your body you're taking care of your body that whole lifestyle that goes into uh martial arts so you can be a be the best person you can be if you can be a better person be more in shape be healthier uh, be less achy all this yada 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 like it's gonna help your 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 jiu-jitsu help your, your martial arts game yeah dude that's a that's an interesting thing about uh about martial arts is like, like you just said, man, when I was in New York City, I was training at Henzo's and I was joking with one of the guys like, man, this is like ground zero for some of the craziest dudes out there. 
And one of the dudes that was a regular there that was a brown belt. He goes, honestly, man, the bigger, the biggest killers that come in this room do not compete. There's, he said, there's a dude in there that's an orthopedist that he's like, yeah, would win worlds hands down, but he doesn't like to compete. He doesn't like the way it makes him feel, makes him super nervous. Um, yeah. And I, I make that joke all of the time is that yeah. there's like those Billy badass dudes out there starting fights with dudes. And it's like, man, I know 150 pound RV salesman with four kids that is the last guy, <laughs> you know, that should be trifled with. And it's uh, it's a really yeah. cool thing how people yeah. can incorporate the lifestyle in their life. Like you said, when they have a full-time job and kids. Yeah, and they, they would, yes, yes. But the, that, that guy would put him to sleep with the quickness. You wouldn't even realize what happened to you. <laughs> yeah. waking up like, what, what happened, what happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, that dude choked you while wearing a tie. Um, so one thing that I've always yes. uh, been really curious about, you fought in WEC, UFC, and Bellator. And at, at one point, I think you're the only person to unify WEC and UFC belts. Is that correct? To my knowledge, you're the only one that's done that. I believe so. It did. I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. What is the... What are some of the biggest differences between organizations? Like, obviously, you can look at UFC and say, okay, production, you know, reach, and stuff like that. But what would you say are some of the biggest differences between WEC, UFC, and, and Bellator? I, I think when you're, when you're actually there, when you're behind the scenes, you can tell the difference between, like, some of the smaller local organizations, the smaller shows. They may not have a, a bus or a shuttle or a limo to pick you guys up from the hotel, from the airport, take you to the hotel. They might not have a, a big of a, as big of a food spread during this, during that. But once you get to the bigger shows, the WC, the UFC, Bellator, that, that all that behind the scenes stuff is almost the exact same. It's almost like all, you know, take cop, uh, copy each other. Um, so in, in that sense, uh, it's the same, but from like a, TV aspect, there's a, a, you know, a lot of differences. But from a fighter aspect, uh, for, for me myself, once you get to behind the scenes, it's all the same. Like the the production, this and that might be different. But for me, who I deal with, no chips, cut. You get y'all your breakfast first. Uh, Mom is gonna get you get it for you guys right now. I know. You guys actually gonna sit down all the breakfast this time, maybe? No. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the, the, produ the production and this and that, and that might be a little bit different for WC or belt or UFC, just the way, the way they do things, the way they shoot their shots, uh, that sort of stuff. But for me as a fighter, it's, it's all the same, really. That's good. That's good to hear. So one thing that I feel yeah. like, I feel like you started that everybody does now is the calf kick. When did you when did you start kicking people in the calf? Oh yeah, no. Uh, cause it sounds a little bit better. Is that what Spider Man really yeah. looks like without a mask? Yeah. Who'd have thought? Spider Man. <laughs> I'm the kid. I like it. So when did you when did you start uh, kicking people in the calves? Yeah, I, I think the the calf kick. After breakfast. Okay. No. Can we eat all of us? Can we eat our food last time we get my iPad? No, I smell it. Go ahead and eat breakfast. Uh, yeah, the calf kick. 
I, I'm a big copycat. I, I, I fully, readily, easily admit that. If something works against me, then I will copy it. And then I will try to do a better job of it than the guy who first did it to me. And so, uh, actually, the calf kick came from uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Habibi uh, Adele uh, Kyokushin. And then he first did the calf kick to me uh, in practice, and it hurt like a son of a gun. He dropped me. I was like, oh, what the heck? Like, he kicked my calf. That wasn't even my thigh. What in the world? And then uh, and that was like, you know, eight, nine years ago or whatever. And so I started doing my fights. I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. Uh, it sucks if you end up kicking shin to shin. That doesn't look good at all. But if you're able to actually get the calf muscle, then that, that's not too bad. You okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you can actually get the calf, like the, the meaty part of the calf, it hurts like a son of a gun. But if you end up kicking the wrong way, when you kick shin to shin bone, that makes both you, both men equally, both people equally sad. Yeah. It took me a little while to, to get good at it, get better at it, to where I can do it in, in the fights. Yeah, you do a good job of creating this before you do it, and you see guys – You'll rush with your hand so you see guys cover up like this and then they get kicked in half. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those wild techniques. Yeah, high, high risk because I – dude, I remember the first time that I, like, sparred. Shin pads the whole thing. Someone checked the kick that I threw, and that was the done for the day. It was like, nope, I can't stand on this leg anymore. So every time I see guys connect shin to shin, I'm like, how are you guys just pretending like everything's fun? Such a high amount of pain, man. How are you guys still cool? I know that stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's it's crazy, too. Like, that calf kick especially, man, is you'll see guys get hit with it, and then they switch that stance, and you can see them for the rest of the fight. And it's just like, you guys I, – I think all you guys that are pro fighters, man, above being badasses, just have the most killer poker faces ever. Because, yeah, I see that shit all the time. I'm like, I know that hurt, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. So – I think – uh, <laughs> One of, one, of my, one of my old Muay Thai coaches, uh, Adam Gillespie, uh, he still works with everyone every once in a while. He's a full-time police officer now, so it's harder for The citrus hurts his uh, lips. The, yes, my up still alive. Just because? Um, but he always asks the, the people he trains, the fighters, like, oh, yeah, you want to be a fighter? You want to be a fighter? They'll think like a coffee mug or something, or you know, it's just something kind of hardish, you know. And they'll hit them in the in the, in the shin bone. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, my shin, my shin. Yep. I was like, oh, you still want to be a fighter? <laughs> yeah. Now do this thirty times in fifteen minutes. Um, yes. Yeah, so, and, and then come back and do it some more the next day. Totally. Were you, were you when you won? Are you, so you got third place at IBJJF. Um. With those, and you won a bunch of Arizona titles too in jujitsu. Was that when you during your when you were actively MMA fighting? Or was it before? Yeah, no, it, it, it was it was as I was the whole time I was training. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer. Our gym's a firm believer in in training gi along with your MMA training. I think uh, gi, gi training will help your your no gi training, which will help your MMA. Uh, so I was competing. I did IBJF, whatever, three three times, four times, whatever it was. I did all those uh, while I was still fighting. That's so bad. Sometimes ass. I'd have a fight. And I'd, I, would, I would go and compete the next weekend. And everybody would be like, what? 
I, we just saw you on TV last 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 uh, Saturday. How, how are you here? What are you doing? I'm like, it's just a tournament. Like, it's not that big a yeah. deal. Like, I'm like getting punched again or whatever. This is a lot easier than what I was doing. Like, this is just just jujitsu. It's just not, it's not that big a deal. It's easy. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I think a lot of people are really scared, like, because there's been a couple freak accidents where dudes, you know, had a fight on the books and like. Uh, like Cub Swanson, man. I don't know if you saw what happened to him recently. He was with that submission underground, man, and he popped his knee. He had a fight. Up yes. There. Yeah, man. So that's always. Yeah. But you didn't just go compete, dude. I mean, you podiumed at IBJJF Worlds. That's outrageous. <laughs> in a gi and fought the next week. Yeah, man. I think I got. Yeah, I think I think I got third twice. I got yeah. Third as a brown belt. And third is a black belt. Third is a purple belt. Third is a brown belt. And then I haven't been able to compete as a black belt yet because you need to go third at Nogi Worlds. Yeah. Brown belt. Black yeah. Black, black belt. That's what yeah. I'm and then third uh, at brown belt, gi. When you're cheated. Yeah. But uh, I needed – now for IBGF, you have to actually get 50 points to qualify as black belts to qualify to go do Worlds. And I don't have the time. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Three munchkins running around. Uh, That's a and lot. I, and then I have my MMA training, so don't, I don't have the time to go go do this tournament, go do that tournament, and and get points to qualify to go do worlds. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a, you know some really close friends of mine. One of my main training partners is a brown belt, and he's on that never-ending quest. And it's just like all he does is compete, you know. And that's that's his dream, man. He wants to win worlds, and it's. It's crazy. It's kind of a different world than MMA because it's almost like they're going in knowing there's no money involved and they're just like, I just want to win it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about yeah. the lab, man. It seems there's, there's no, that, that again, go ahead finish what you're saying. Then we'll get in that. No, so go, 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 going back to the, uh, going back to the, uh, what you costume yeah. going back to the, the martial arts of it in the martial arts aspect. I can go outside. You go outside with it? Yeah. Okay. And the martial arts aspect of it being, yeah. Martial arts, like the, 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 all the guys, your buddies getting into jiu-jitsu, knowing there's no, you know, there's no fame, there's no money into it. It's basically just for love of the game, for love of the sport. And that's the, that's the martial arts aspect of it that I think is uh, – so awesome that's what i have a lot of respect for yeah man and there's like the thing that i found too is like the jiu-jitsu community man if you are you know if you're not a jackass man i i'm get welcome and i'm sure the music thing helps obviously but like dude, i get a train everywhere and it's the same type of dude you know it's the same archetypes in every single room and in those communities especially when you're legit and you're and like i said you're not a, you're not a jerk um, yeah, yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a really cool community. So it's like I, I understand how young guys find that community, and they're like, man, I want I want to climb this hierarchy. You know, I want to be, you know, I I think yeah. most yeah. jujitsu black belts seem yeah, to be ill-adjusted humans. Yeah, I, I think for sure the uh, the subculture of jujitsu. The subculture, subculture of, of grappling, the wrestlers as well. I, I, me, my wrestling background, I, I, I tend to group the wrestlers with the juicy guys, even though they're kind of antithesis of each other. But they're it's the same thing as grappling. Yeah. 
I think uh, the subculture of grappling is so uh, supportive of of people because they know they know what it goes through. They know what it takes. Like there's no you can't fake it. You can't you can't fake the funk. You can't you know how hard it the type of training it takes. You know how hard it is. You know how tough it is. And then, then you, you can't but help but have respect for the, for the dude who won. Like ah oh, man like. I know you must have changed your butt off. I know. I know you're fully ready. You're fully prepared, and, and, and you know, just matter of respect. So, I think the the subculture of juicy subculture of wrestling. I think that's one of the the best, the strongest. I think way better than like MMA fans. The subculture of wrestling jiu-jitsu fans are a smaller percentage of MMA fans. There are some MMA fans who who do train jiu-jitsu and, and wrestle, not you know, but some of them are just MMA fans. They don't do anything. Yep, but the the MMA fans who are, you know, who do training or not, I think they are some of the strongest, like best fans in the world, like bar none, not even close to anything. And it, there's no like you know lame like oh America, go Brazil, go America, blah blah. Like, if you train jiu-jitsu, you train jiu-jitsu. Doesn't yep. matter if you're Polish, doesn't matter if you're Brazilian, doesn't matter. Like you, like you said, talk about people going to go train everywhere. People go train. Uh, they'll be, you know, finished, you know, come, come to America and they'll train at three, four different gyms and get nothing but love. Like yep. knowing, oh man, like you got to save up money and you got to do this and you, do, and you, you did all that, all, all that just so you can come to America and change you too. Like, awesome. Great. And then people go out of the way to help them and to, and to be there for them and take care of them. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, man, it is, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people that don't compete in combat sports or, or train in combat sports don't get. I mean, there's like a, there's just an honesty to it. Like you said, man, if you get beat, it's because the guy that you're competing against is better. You know, it's not because it was a bad ref or because the team, you know, someone on the team didn't do their job. It's like, and especially growing up wrestling, I, I wrestled when I was a kid too. And I think that's like the best thing that you learn that coping with a loss when you're just like, yeah, man, I lost because he's better. And that same thing, that feeling when you win of like, I did that. Yeah. I won that. You know, that that's my victory. I yeah. think it's something that's missing. So you said at the last yeah, for sure. I mean Go ahead. Yeah, I think for sure I think uh again, uh I love wrestling. Wrestling's my first love. Uh now I think I might be a little more of a jiu-jitsu head than I, than I am a, a wrestler at heart now. I think I've been doing jiu-jitsu so much, uh, and I'm, I'm not as connected to the wrestling scene as, as, as anymore. I don't, you know, actively um, wrestle here, wrestle there. I, I do. We we t we try to do one tournament, college tournament. We go do the uh, Emerald Aeronautical Open. Uh, we did it two years ago. We didn't do this past year. We did it two years ago, but just not quite as connected to the wrestling team. So I might be more of a jiu-jitsu nerd now, but I think that uh, wrestling is the best thing you can do for yourself and, and very close, close second to that because wrestling is so hard. Not anyone can wrestle. It beats your body up very close behind that. And that's the best thing you can do is to, is to do jiu-jitsu. I think, I think it helps, great for the soul, great for the body, great for your mental health, great for your physical. I think, I think it's just awesome. Yeah, man, that's been a weird adjustment. You know, we had like all of our tours and pretty much most of festival season canceled because of COVID. You know, and typically what I do when I'm home is train. That's my thing when I'm home, you know, is I hang out with my family and then I train and I take every winter off, you know, to focus on training and, and skiing and family time. And that's kind of when I regroup. 
but I almost had to have neck surgery at the beginning of winter. So this whole winter I couldn't train because I was recovering from this injury. And then, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then we have all this time off because COVID, but obviously can't train <laughs> because we can't go to the gym. So it's been, uh, yeah, that's been like the weirdest thing ever taking music, music and jujitsu out of my life has been like, it's been, a, it's been a true test in patience, you know, of like trying to make it through every day without, <laughs> without those two things. What happened to your neck? So, yeah, man, it was the weirdest thing ever. I had a, two severely herniated discs um, or bulging. They didn't even pop. But I was, uh, I, I, you know, my neck, had, it would hurt after I trained and it would hurt for days. You know, it would be like three days where I couldn't move my head. But then I would train and it would feel a little looser. So I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I guess, you know, this is just what my neck is like now. Um, and I'd gone to the doctor a couple of times and you know, their, their answer was like, yeah, man, the human neck isn't really made for grappling. So you'll have that. But I was on a hunting trip with my professor and I woke up, man, and my right arm was just like, like it, it felt like I hurt my rotator cuff. And it like, you know, then the next day I woke up and I had like, I was in tears, man. I was getting, there was a few weeks where I was getting an hour or two of sleep a night. Um, couldn't feel my thumb or pointer finger. But yeah, I got an MRI and they're like, we got to do surgery. Um, and luckily a friend of mine that I grew up with is an integrative therapist that works specifically with athletes. And he was like, nope, don't let him cut your neck open. Like, you're just going to have to tough this out and we'll do physical therapy. And it took, I mean, I'm six months out from it and I'm at like 85%. I still got to be careful, but it was, it was wild, man. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That's good. Yeah, it was definitely the worst thing that I've ever gone through. But it was good, man. It was a really good teacher. It, it put a lot into perspective for me. I think, I think injuries can do that, man. It, it got me back into like a meditation practice and back into morning prayer and just like, you know, realizing that, that I have a life outside of like music and jujitsu. You know, I kind of used it as a teacher. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, a, lot, a lot of people can definitely um... – get an injury and then let that be an excuse to stop doing this, stop doing that, but not letting it be a teacher to, Hey, I can't do this. What else can I do? I got, yep. what, what other areas can I, what can I do? What I can do? Uh, but you know, some people, you know, it's all about how you look at life. Some people look at it like, Oh, I got injury sucks. Oh no. What was me? Oh, you know, goodness gracious. Feel sorry for me. Some people like get an injury. Like, okay, well, cool. Like, what else can I work on now? What, what can I do to, you know, so I, I think it was awesome to hear that. I can use that to help other areas and getting back to life outside of music and Jews too. Yeah. Thanks, man. You know, it's also a weird thing too, is I, I have this thing, whether it's with music and, and that in my whole career thus far or jujitsu, you know, pretty much when I saw the rate at which people quit in jujitsu, it's like, okay, you know, this amount of people make it to blue belt, this amount of people make it to purple belt. You know, when I hear statistics like that, I'm the personality type that's like less than 1% get their black belt. It's like, well, then I must do this. You know, <laughs> like I have to do it then. Um, and, and it was- I'm, I'm getting it. It doesn't matter how long it Yeah, gets, yeah, exactly, it. dude. And, you know, and I remember telling my wife, you know, I had, a, I had a handful of people in my family being like, you know, man, what if this happened before a tour? Like, you got to hang this shit up. You know, my manager being like, you got to stop, bro. Like- and I remember that just, it, it, it almost solidified my relationship with jujitsu because I remember being like, man, if I'm in this much pain and I'm literally like, all I'm thinking about is like, when can I get back? What do I have to do to get back? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it just was like, cool, man. I guess I'm a lifer. I guess this is what I'm supposed to do, man. Cause I just, <laughs> I yeah. can't, I can't turn away from it. I need it. You know? How, how did, how did you first walk into the juicy gym? What, what, what made you walk into the, so it's funny. Like the first that, classes you used to, how, how do you, how do you get there? So I, we were touring nonstop, man. And we had had kind of this breakout year where we had been on tour with Michael Franti and I just, man, for two years straight, all I did was tour. You know, I didn't really have an identity outside of music. I had kind of lost touch completely with who I was. You know, I wasn't, I just, I was sad a lot, man. I started getting really depressed and I shouldn't have been depressed because my career was going amazing. And, uh, I decided to, yeah. I got dropped by an agency and my drummer quit all within a few weeks of each other. And I just kind of told everyone like, I'm pulling the e-brake on my life, man. I need to like, I need to take some time and regroup. And I had thought about going to the grindhouse, the MMA gym here forever, but I was like so intimidated and scared to go in. So I went in with the intention of like, well, I'm just going to box you know, cause I used to throw my hands a little bit when I was a kid. So like, I'm just going to box. And about my third day there, uh, the owner will was like, you grew up wrestling, man, just come roll with me, you know? And he's like, just try and just try and control my body. And I remember in my head being like, dude, I wrestled for almost 10 years. Like there's gotta be some transferable knowledge. And I just, you know how that is, dude. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, like I was just yeah. toyed with, and I was just like, well this yeah, boxing yeah it was just like how are you doing you know and it, you know the at one point he like lifted lifted my hips off the ground with his feet shifted my body and then i landed in a triangle and i remember when that happened i was yeah. just like okay this boxing means nothing if i get taken to the ground because i don't know what is going <laughs> on down here and you know and to be honest man the first two weeks of training i really didn't like it you know my low back was sore all the time from rubbing on the mat. I was just like, this sucks. Um, and then you kind of start learning the language, man. And I just got hooked. You know, the first time I made someone tap, I just was like, it shook my whole body. And then I just, I got hooked, man. I just got super hooked and um, started doing privates all the time. So, you know, I was just getting a lot of attention because I was getting all that one-on-one -on -one time via private. So I started learning really fast. And then you know, yeah. with the first competition and my longest match was 94 seconds. And I was just like, Oh shit, like sold, you know, <laughs> I just was so amped on it. Um, you, 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 lo you do a local, what, what tournament? Yeah, yeah. It was just a local tournament. Um, but I went in and it was, what was crazy about that tournament too, was that was the first time that I had rolled with another white belt. Um, because I was there during the day, which is when all of the guys that compete all the time or the pro fighter yeah. training, so all of my training up to that competition, it just yeah. getting my ass kicked. So the first time I like grabbed sleeve and collar of a white belt, another white belt, I was like, oh, you don't react the same way at all, bro. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but you know, and then, and like, then I can work with this. Yeah, here. I can yeah, work. Yeah, totally. Good. Yeah. Um, and then my life just started like, I noticed the better that I got at jujitsu, the better I got at problem solving in my life. You know, I freaked out way less. And, um, I just started getting all the other benefits from training, you know, and then it, yeah, I just let it overtake my life. That's cool. Yeah, man. So tell me a little bit about. Where, 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 is, where has it been some of the best places you've, you've trained at? 
Ooh, um, there's a place in Phoenix called. Like, whoa. Hey. Dan, Dan, Henzo, H- well, Henzo's, of course, is, you know, like you said, ground zero, some of the, the baddest dudes. Uh, but what, what, where is somewhere like you would you train that that you wouldn't people wouldn't know like oh man but ask some great roles there's some killers like guys who don't compete but some absolute killers that were down there in in Tennessee or in yeah you know, North Carolina or wherever so I would say Jimmo in North Carolina where where Barbarina's at now um, was one of my favorite places okay. ever. um a just there's a lot of really dope dudes there but Jeff Jimmo is just a badass teacher um. But they had this dude there, man, this, like, little chubby, unassuming dude that was a purple belt. And when we were mixing up roles, I walked over to him, and Jimmo even came over and was like, yo, he doesn't look like much, man, but be careful. And I kind of, in my head, was like, that's weird. (laughs) Usually people don't warn you. And I'm glad he warned me, man, because I was like, I I, I I could feel what where his skill level was. And I was like, I'm not going to try and push through this, man. I'm just going to keep it real mellow. So this dude doesn't hurt me. Cause he was a monster. Um, black yeah. flag, black flag, uh, in Phoenix, actually. Um, a really cool Academy. I love black flag. Yeah, man, you should, you should check him out because he does a lot of catch wrestling. Uh, stuff. What's his name? His name is Gilbert Oliviera. Hmm. I never heard of him. Yeah, Black Flag's real cool because uh, uh, mostly no gi, um, and a lot of he's big into catch wrestling. Yeah. Um, so a lot of catch wrestling is mixed in there, which is real cool. Um, and then yeah, you know, Vienna Brothers in in Chicago is kind of a second home for me too when I'm in the Midwest. But um, yeah, man, I want to make it to the lab now that I know uh, now that we're linked, man. Tell me, tell me a bit about the lab, dude. You've been next, next time you're in Phoenix, definitely, definitely come by. Yeah, I love that, man. Tell, tell me a bit about yeah. you've been there forever. Yeah, it pretty much been my my one gym my entire career. Um, started uh, my very first class of jiu-jitsu was with John Crouch. Uh, we're both owners of the of the lab now. Um, my first class first class of jiu-jitsu was with him april 15th of 2007 so that's, that's how long i've been doing jiu-jitsu and i've been with him the entire time he every promotion everything he gave me all my belts i uh, still with them now and the lab i think we same thing we have uh, some guys who do compete and who you know win titles and do this and do that and then we have a bunch of killers at our gym who you wouldn't know just unassuming real estate agents you know, uh, mechanics, uh, yeah. firefighters, like just regular, regular Joes who, if you, you know, mess around with them too much, they're going to jack you up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think we got, we got a, a good mix and a, a good mix. Of like some, some gyms, like most of the juicy, juicy world is uh, pretty cool, laid back, awesome guys. Some of the MMA guys can be a little bit too, you know, tough guys for me. Like I'm not really big into that type of personality. Like it's fine. It, the world needs, every type of person to, to go around, uh, but just not my type of personality, you know? Uh, but my, my gym, like we have a, a great group of guys, a great family at our gym where they actually care about each other. They like each other. They hang out outside. We hang out outside the gym. It's not just you yeah. know about gym time and then that's it. But like even our regular students, like they all like each other. They all, all get along. They'll talk crap to each other and, choke each other out every once in a while and then you know it's all it's all love so i that's the biggest thing i love about our gym 
is that there's not a lot of Terry toughness, not a lot of Bailey badasses. It's just like family dudes, dudes with three kids, four kids, you know, PAs, dentists, but awesome people, good, good guys. First of all, on top of that, you know, great at jujitsu. Yeah, man, it's a it's an interesting thing because I've seen just in the three years I've been at Grindhouse, you see people when they start, and the, and they'll be kind of like nerdy reserved not good social skills not everybody but you see this particular type of person sometimes that will come in very low self-confidence and unsure of themselves and then you know by the time they get their blue belt they have started their own business you know it's uh the, the magic man i wish i just that's why i keep having fighters on the podcast man i just want people to get that that that's it it's like the fighting is like you said, that's a part of it, but it's the training and the lifestyle and just the the gifts that come from yeah. from making wellness and brotherhood parts of your everyday life. You yeah. know, it's like a huge thing missing. Making it, making it, making it a priority rather than just something that might come along, happen every once in a while, but making a priority in your life, I think, pays huge dividends. Yeah, absolutely, man. I see, like, that's crazy that you're a co-owner of the lab. That makes sense, man. I see you in a lot of corners. Um, are, are you coaching? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, – I, I just call it helping out. I, I, I want to say coaching. Like, right now, I think I'm still a fighter. I'm still actually fighting. So, I don't, I don't want to put that on me where I would say or call myself or describe myself or anything like that as a coach. But, man – I know a lot of stuff. I have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. I, I help my guys out. I help my boys out. Uh, if they ask me, hey, if I over here, would you mind cornering me? I got to check with my wife first. I got to check with the boss and see if that's okay. You know, it's pretty hard with uh, three kids. And if I'm gone the whole week for five weeks, then, you know, that's her putting three kids to, to nap and to sleep. And so, you know, giving them baths and brushing their teeth all by herself. So that's, that's a bit much. Uh, but if, if I'm able to go out and corner my guys, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all little brothers to me, you know, uh, if I can, if I can be there, then I'm, then I'm there for them. If they ask me to be in their corner, then, then I'm in their corner. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't think of it. This is something like you're saying the, what, what, what you were, were saying about the, uh, the kind of, not everybody, but the kind of nerdy guy, a little bit quiet, the, not a whole lot of self-confidence seen our younger guys uh as they grow mature and in, in, in they start out as oh no amateurs and then you know fast forward five six years later you see them all in the ufc getting uh bonuses in the ufc i, I love to see that growth uh, and then just them as a person seeing seeing them grow and get better and seeing them uh, mature and seeing them go from you know girlfriend 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 to like a serious girlfriend and the maturity of when you get you know a serious girlfriend to yeah. when you get a wife and then they have kids and now I'm seeing all these these kids who were they were 19 18 when they started training with me now they all have like wives and kids and this and that I'm like oh that's awesome like I can help be a part of their story and and help them live their dreams I love that uh, Brian Brian Barberina Bam Bam is one of my favorite dudes ever. Love that guy, and that I was able to help him and his wife and his, their kids live their dreams. And he was able to go buy a farm and thirty acres and this and that. Like I, 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 I truly love the fact that I was able to help him just a little bit, but help him on his journey. Uh, him, and his wife, and their kids. I, I, I still remember when Tevi was born. Like his his youngest one, his daughter. 
yeah yeah it's, it's, awesome. it's good stuff yeah and it's it's cool too man because aside from you know if you stay at the gym long enough like that's what you know at the last promotion um at our gym i just had this this weird moment man because i watched I, I watched a couple guys get their blue belt that I felt like I, you know, especially with not wanting to get injured. I'm real particular about white belts that I roll with. Um, but there's a, you know, sometimes you meet those dudes that just come in and fresh out the gate. They're just like naturals, you know? Um, and there's a couple guys in particular that I just really, I rolled with a lot and I just be like, yo man, try this instead of that sometime, you know? And then when you see those guys, um, you know, get promoted. And then when you see stuff happening in their personal life and stuff like that, you know, I, I said to my professor was just like, man, this really isn't just about jujitsu or fighting, is it? And he looked at me and he said, no, man, we're literally living our lives together. And, and it just hit me really heavy of like, that's the magic of the gym is like you're saying, man, it's not just the, the seeing each other progress as Amen. artists, man, Amen. seeing each other progress as men and women, you know? So we have some uh, some fan questions, and then uh, and then I could cut you loose, man, and let you get back with your kids. Um, how old were you when you had your first fight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my one and only fight ever in my personal life. Uh, I was I think it was my freshman year of college. I had to come back home to to Seattle to, to Tacoma. And uh, them, them boys, you know, like, oh, you're a, you think you're a college boy? You think you're all cool now? College boy, this, college boy, that. You're playing a pick up, you know, basketball. Uh, so I think I was like 18 at the time. Uh, and then, um, yeah, they, they, they jumped me and a, a buddy of mine. And I was like, hey, no, like, he was like all of 45 seconds, probably less than that, 30 seconds. They went this and they all took off. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, come back. Where are you guys going? We need, like, like I, I wrestle in college, you know, so I, I'm tough enough. I was like, where are you guys going? Like, oh, I'm just getting started to come back. What are you guys, what are you guys doing? Like, that, you call that a fight? But, yeah, that, that was my one and time, only time. I was uh, 18, I think, at the time. I can, I can think of a lot of different types of people I would rather fight than a college wrestler. That's a, da that's a dangerous game, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what has been, what was, has been the, like, dude, you fought everybody uh, and beat everybody. Uh, what what was the hardest fight of your career? Uh, I, I I always have to give that one up to uh, Cowboy, the very first uh, Cowboy fight, uh, Donald Cerrone, because uh, on that one it was one of those fights. Like some of your wrestling matches or juicing matches, uh, I knew I had to give everything. And looking back, hindsight, you know, it's always twenty twenty. <clears throat> Even going through it, I knew that. If I held back at all, like I wasn't gonna win. Like I, like I knew, like you're on the treadmill and you're exhausted, and you're doing sprints on the treadmill, or you're doing sprints outside, or whatever. And you have the extra gear, you can just give a little bit extra, and you can go more and burn your legs out, burn your your lungs out, burn your chest out. But you give everything you have, and then you collapse at the end. I knew for me, it was that. It, I was at that point. Like I had to give everything. I had to run until I collapsed, and and that I was able to do that. I was able to go as hard as I could go, uh, and at the end of the fight. I had to say, you know, look good, stay standing, not fall down. 
And after they, I won the decision, as soon as they announced the decision, I, I collapsed. I couldn't hold myself any, up anymore. I can't hold that poker face. I, I collapsed. I, I told my, my coach, Sean Carr, I was like, hey, I, I'm going to fall. I, I'm, I'm, and I just fell, and he had to carry me out of the ring. I was like, they literally had to carry me out of the ring, and then he carried me to the – to the stretcher, went to the hospital after that fight. And that literally took everything I had uh, to win that fight. And that was where I knew like, okay, well, that's, if that's what it takes every single fight for me to win, I'm willing to do that. I can do that. I will go to that point every single fight. I will go to the point where I, I die from exhaustion if that's what it takes for, for me to win. And uh, so that was a, a big moment for me in, you know, of, of at that point and then looking back, Hindsight, looking back, I think that that point was definitely the biggest and toughest fight. Oh man, that's badass! I love that. What uh, what what's a piece of advice that you would give for an up and coming fighter, someone that's just just getting started? Uh for some reason, getting started, I would say just make sure you you find a good gym. I think there's so many. Um, talented people out there like people who have the, the drive the discipline they can you know do this they can do that and they, they could be successful fighters but you have to have uh i think a not good management you have to have a good people to follow it's like someone trying to be a, a musician and then they don't have anybody to teach them to play the guitar if you yeah. have a good teacher to teach you how to play the guitar then it, you can, you can go far, you can, then you can improvise, you can create more, you can do this, you can do this style, you can do that style, but if you're playing there by yourself and you got, you know, you're, you're really good, you have the desire, you can sit there for 10 hours a day practicing the guitar, but then you don't have anyone to show you, to teach you. I think that's the same thing for, for MMA fighters. You finally got to find a good gym, people who know what they're doing, know what they're, know what they're talking about, not people who just, you know, blow smoke and think they're too. To, uh, Terry Tubnus and Billy Bass says, "Oh, you want to be a fighter? I can train you. I know, I know how to do it." Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, dude, that's that's not what it's about. But okay, sure. Yes, it seems like it's real important to not just have someone teaching you how to fight, but also mentoring you. You know, that's the biggest thing that I've seen at our gym. Is is I feel like half of what Will does is 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 coach people mentally. You know, and, and help them keep their shit in order. Yeah, yeah, I think for sure. Uh, Everyone's a little bit different. You know, some people might need this. Some people might need that. But a lot of the uh, demographic of fighters, not, not everyone's the same, but a lot of demographic of fighters are the same type of uh, people, you know, or a little more outgoing, maybe uh, willing to live a different lifestyle, take a chance. No, willing to take a chance on, uh, on a different lifestyle um, and that sort of stuff. And uh, – I think sometimes those type of people might need more, yeah, not just do this and be a good fighter, but the holistic helping people grow and watching them succeed in life. And, and it's not just about being a good fighter, but the rest of it as well. And that's what's so important to me at, at my gym, that we actually care about our younger guys, want them to succeed lifelong uh, and, and not just have, you know, two, three good years with the really tough fighters and the rest of life, they have nothing to show for it. Like that, you know? Yeah. That's important, man. That's great that, you, that you're teaching that. Cause I think, you know, I think that's a lot, uh, you know, another similarity between, you know, professional fighting and being a professional musician is there's two ways. It's like, you know, you can do it slow and, and pace yourself and keep the big picture in mind. 
or you can go, no, man, I'm going as hard as I can. And if it only lasts this long and it only lasts that long. And it's like, yeah, dude, well, you get to the end of that short ride and you have absolutely nothing to show for it. And, and probably not any good, good relationships either. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple Montana boys that, that have trained down there at the lab. Um, you know, obviously Sean, Sean O'Malley's down there, but there's another kid from Montana that, that used to fight in some local stuff that that's down there too, I believe, or at least was. Yeah, we, we have, we have a few of them. We have, uh, Sean O'Malley, uh, the, the whole Montana bunch to Sean O'Malley, Tim Welsh, uh, Dylan, Dylan Drivdahl. Um, love that kid. Uh, Frank Ramsey came down, Scott, Scott, Scott Bowler. Scotty Baylor came down, but he's just a just a guy. Um, we, have, we have quite a few Montana people, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, I'm excited to come through. That makes me happy. Um, what's your favorite things to do outside of fighting? Uh, really, I, I, I'm pretty boring. I'd say reading. I don't, I don't get too exciting. I've, I've always been really boring. I love the read since I was. 12 years old so I, I love to read uh science fiction uh fantasy is my my genre of choice but i've been trying to get more into as i get older you're supposed to read like more like self-help books and mental health books and this books and those books so i try every i try to mix it up every like third or fourth you know book i try to get a uh i try to get a uh self-help book or a more you know a different type of book not just not just science fiction or fantasy yeah um but yeah i'm pretty boring and and i i do live again the the the, the martial arts lifestyle so like my wife you know we met at the gym she's a she's a brown belt one shot two shot brown belt she's won worlds she won pan am she's she's pretty you know she's pretty dang tough she's pretty dang good uh so what we do on our time we actually do yeah so we actually do like to train we actually do like to you know live a lifestyle so uh, for me, like you know, my my off time, I I do go like my wife and I will go work out because you know, without type of people, or we'll or we'll, if we if we have have any free time from the kids, well you know we will literally grab some books and go to, like Barnes and Nobles and go sit down and read like kind of lame but nah what we like yeah I mean once you get kids and stuff too you know I don't I haven't partied in years and stuff so same thing man you know like a yeah dope night for me is like walking around the neighborhood with my wife and the baby you know. Yeah, I feel that. What? Yeah. How, how did you hear about Satsung? That's a question for me. How did you hear our music? Uh, my boy, uh, Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales was playing it. Uh, we drove to California. He had a fight for Bellator. Uh, and we drove to California. And then he uh, played He played your, played your song. And I wanted to Shazam it real quick. I see you. Be careful. Yeah. Why are you up there? Because you climbed up there. Because. <laughs> yeah, you are up there. But uh, Henry Crowley, he, he he played one of your cuts. And uh, I tried to Shazam it. I, I couldn't Shazam it in time. I, I missed it. I was just like, you know, just grooving, listening. I was like, oh, I got to get this. And then I, I tried to Shazam it to see who it was. Uh, and then I was in the back seat. I didn't want to bother him, so I, I didn't see it. And then um, like later on that week, it kept popping up. And then finally, I was able to uh, Shazam it like two or three days later. But you kept playing your songs, and I Shazammed it. And then I, uh, that's where I heard you from, Henry Crowley. That's dope. 
What is your uh, Thank you. Yep. What's your walkout song? Or does it change? My walkout song is uh, Awesome God. No, it doesn't change. It's been the same walkout song for years now. But awesome God by R. Swift. Yeah, I know that one. Got to get that praise music in there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What? Who's your favorite fighter of all time? I uh, got to go. There's three of them. Uh, Matt Hughes, Eve Edwards, and um, BJ Penn. Dude, great choice. Eve Edwards, man. That's a real underrated cat. Yeah, not, not a lot of people know about Edwards. Uh, but he was an old school OG. He was, a, he was a man. I love watching him. That's a scary little guy, man. All right. Last question, bro. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, – I don't care. I think the biggest thing was uh, – same thing. I, I pray for my kids every night uh, is uh, to be a hard worker. Like, oh, he was, he was a hard worker. People can have their opinion. You can be a peach. And you can be the juiciest, ripiest, tastiest, best peach in the whole world. There's some 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 people who don't like peaches. That's the way it goes. So, I, I, being known as this, or being remembered as this, or being that, or, or whatever the case may be, I, I don't really care too much. If you live for their acceptance, you're gonna die by their rejection. So, I, I don't really care even necessarily about being looked upon positively, but just being a hard worker. I think all things in life can, can come uh, from being a hard worker. And I pray for my kids uh, to, to know God. And if they know God, they'll love God. They'll fear God. I want them to be good boys. And then on top of that, I want them to be hard workers. Those three things I pay for every day for my boys. And that's what I would like to be known for. Uh, just being a hard worker. Like whether you like me, don't like me. I don't really care if you think I'm in the Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame, one of the best lightweights ever. Cool. Like, it's awesome if you do things that. Like, I, I do. I appreciate it. But it's not going to kill me if you don't think that. But I do think that uh, I, I would definitely appreciate when people say, oh, yeah, but he was a hard-ass worker. Like, he works his butt off. I wasn't, you know, some freak athlete running the 4-3-40 out of high school. I was some skinny nerd who, you know, luckily got to – got lucky to go, to go to college and from there I was able to to build myself and grow myself but it took a lot of hard work for me to get to where I'm at and it was all it was all hard work it was no easy button I have no easy route I didn't have no you know family with money and they could have personal trainers and this and that yeah, I didn't have you know 